I have a subject on my mind this morning. It encompasses a lot of thoughts and a lot of passages of Scripture. So I'd kind of like to just jump right on in and, and speak to you about, in particular, the effectual call, effectual call, and the gospel call. Uh, we read in Scripture quite a bit about the called. Welcome to the Grace and Mercy Hour, brought to you by Rocky Mount Church in Arab, Alabama. Rocky Mount Church is a primitive Baptist congregation, a family-integrated church that seeks to worship God in spirit and in truth, a church that seeks to maintain the simplicity of New Testament worship. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay tuned at the end of the broadcast for contact information, and may the Lord bless our time together today. Uh, we read in Scripture quite a bit about the called. We read about God calling people. We, we read about call of the Spirit. We, we read about a gospel call. There's a, there's a lot of passages in the New Testament that use the word call or calling or called. And I'd like to kind of sift through some of that this morning and, and speak to you about, in particular, the effectual call and the gospel call. I want to try to look at passages of Scripture that helps us to distinguish between those two, the effectual call and the gospel call. Now, what do we mean by the word effectual? Effectual simply means that something is successful in producing the intended effect. Effectual. When we speak about the effectual call of God, we're talking about something that is always effective, that is completely, always, without exception, it accomplishes the intended result. Always, the effectual call. It is a spiritual call. It is a call that comes directly from God, and God alone. Now there is in Scripture also what I'm going to call this morning the gospel call. The gospel call. And when you come to the assembly of the saints and you hear the word taught and preached, you are hearing a gospel call. I might uh, be blessed of the Lord this morning to be effective in the way that I preach to you, or I might not. You're hearing a call that comes from the preaching, the proclamation of the gospel, of God's word. Now, that gospel call, it has an intended result. There's a result that it intends to achieve, but it's not guaranteed. Okay, so there's a difference. And I want to go through several passages again and try to make the distinction between these. And I would encourage you as you, as you go and as you study scriptures for yourself, that you think about the distinctions that we're going to make this morning, especially when you see a reference to the called or a calling, or anytime you see the word call, try to keep in mind some of the distinctions that we're going to look at this morning. So the effectual call 
and the gospel call. We'll begin in 2 Timothy. I, I, I said I've got a lot of scripture on my mind, and uh, you may or may not want to turn to all of them. It depends on how long we spend at each one, and I don't know that yet, so we'll, we'll, we'll see as we go along. 2 Timothy chapter 1, a very familiar passage to you. Let's think about the effectual call. Again, what we mean by effectual is that it is successful in producing the intended effect. It is successful. The effectual call is always successful. It always produces the intended effect, the intended result. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, I'm uh, just going to jump to verse 9. That begins saying this, Who, referring to God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. The effectual call, God speaks directly. The effectual call. This is a call in which God speaks directly. Now we're going to see, I think, uh, in just a moment, where sometimes we, we see this, this effectual call um, attributed to God the Father. Sometimes we see it attributed to God the Son. And also sometimes we might see it attributed to God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one, they are three. They are united, they are in harmony, they are inseparable, their will is perfect and in perfect harmony with one another. It is one will, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Here we see that God, who hath called us, who hath saved us, and called us with a holy calling. This is a call, a call, again, that is directly from God. He says, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, in this passage, you see that the, the only part we play in this, in this one verse, is, first of all, it, we're told what this is not according to, and it's not according to our works. So we, we're told from the very beginning of this verse how we're not involved in this. This call of God, this saving, this holy calling comes from God and it's not according to what you do. It's not according to what I do. It's not according to our works. In fact, he says it's according to his own purpose. It's according to the purpose of God. It's according to the grace of God. And in fact, he tells us that that grace of God was given us we are simply the recipients of it. We, you can't earn grace. You can't work for it. It's not something we did. In fact, we didn't even exist, he says, when this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. All right, here we have the effectual call. It is a call directly from God. John chapter 3, a very, another, and we're going to come back to that passage, I think, before we get through if we have time. John chapter 3, another very familiar passage. We have this conversation taking place between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. He is a Pharisee, Nicodemus is. And, but he has a confession to make, and he confesses this to Jesus. That He says, that, Rabbi, we, we know that thou art a, a teacher, he says, come from God. Uh, for no man doeth the, can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Nicodemus recognized that Jesus was sent from God and that God had to be with him, that this man Jesus couldn't perform the miracles that he performed if God wasn't with him. So Nicodemus confesses this and a conversation ensues where Jesus is doing most of the talking, of course, 
And Jesus tells Nicodemus, you know, except a man be born again, he says, you, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You, don't, you can't understand these things. Uh, Nicodemus, obviously, you understand some things. You must be born of God. <laughs> he says, except ye be born of God, ye cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot understand it. You cannot perceive it. You cannot uh, comprehend it. You cannot enter it. You cannot be a, a, a citizen of the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Now, Jesus isn't telling Nicodemus what he needs to do. He's just simply stating a fact. Amen? He's not telling Nicodemus, Son, you need to go get yourself born again. He's telling Nicodemus, This is the principle. This is the truth. You cannot see, understand, comprehend, participate, be a part of the kingdom of God unless you are already born again. Now, Nicodemus was confused about some things. He was trying to figure out how he could enter into his mother's womb a second time. And he, he, he knew that was an impossibility, but he didn't understand something. He didn't understand a lot of things, but he understood who Jesus was. And so, finally, Jesus says to him, don't marvel at this. Don't marvel about this whole matter of, of being born again. Jesus would say, he, he's saying to Nicodemus, let me, let me illustrate it for you. Verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth. In other words, where it pleases. The wind bloweth. It blows where it pleases, where it is directed to blow. The wind bloweth where it listeth. All right? And thou, he says, and thou, canst, thou hearest the sound thereof. You hear the sound of the blowing of the wind. You hear the sound. And he says, in fact, but, but you can't not tell whence it cometh. You hear the blowing, you see the results, you see the, you see the leaves rustling, you see the trees swaying, you see the clouds moving, you see the effects of the wind, and the wind is blowing where it listeth, where, it, where it's pleased to blow, and where it is directed to blow. And thou, thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell from whence it cometh, or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. This, this effectual call is attributed to the Spirit and it is uh, compared to the blowing of the wind. And the blowing of the wind will always have its desired intended effect. The result will be there. Now, this is a, an effectual call attributed to the Spirit of God. Now, a little bit further in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, let's get a couple of verses here. Again, very familiar passages. John chapter 6, verse 44 and verse 45. Jesus said back there in chapter 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I've shared this with you before. Here's a truth. Here's a principle. The truth is you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the principle. The only exception, that's the rule. The, only, the, the exception to the rule is, unless you're born again. The rule is, by nature, mankind cannot see, perceive, understand, enter in, participate in, in any way be a part of the kingdom of God by nature because we are fallen, sinful creatures, right? We have this fallen, sinful nature. So that's the rule. The exception to the rule about concerning the kingdom of God, is unless you're born again. Unless you're born again. 
So we have a similar principle here in John chapter 6, verse 44 says, Jesus says, no man can come to me. That's the rule. That's the principle. That's, that's the rule. No man can come to me. No man in his state of death, in trespasses, and in sins can come to Jesus. Not only does the, do we not have the ability, but we don't have the desire. We have neither the desire nor the ability in our natural state of death in sin to come to Jesus. We are at enmity against God. So the rule is no man can come to me, but there's an exception. Bless your heart and praise God there's an exception, right? Except, except the Father which hath sent me, draw him. Draw him. And this isn't a beckoning. This is an effectual call. This isn't a beckoning as though God the Father is standing back over there at a distance somewhere. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Please come to Jesus. And it's not as though Jesus is over there on his knees begging, come to me. That's not the picture, friends. That's not the picture. No man can come to me, Jesus said, except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Drawing. Drawing. And in fact, the word could be used to illustrate someone dragging. <laughs> and that's the way we are, really. By nature, we're fighting against it. But as soon as God the Father speaks... We're born again. We're made alive in Christ, and we're, made, we're given now the ability and the desire. We may still kind of kick back. We'll get to the gospel call in just a minute. But this effectual call, it has its intended result. Uh, it, it, every time it is successful in having its intended effect, it is successful in producing the results that God wants to produce. And in this case, it's life. Life from the dead. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and not only that, and I will raise him up at the last day. I will raise him up. I'm not going to wait and see if he's going to cooperate, if she's going to do the right thing between now and then, if she's going to hold on her way, if he's going to persevere. I'm not waiting to then. I'm declaring right now, God the Father says, I will raise him up at the last day. This is the effectual call. I will raise him up because he's mine. She's mine. Now, Jesus goes on to say, it is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every single child of God, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of where they've lived, regardless of what they've heard, regardless of what they know, regardless of their mental capacity, their physical limitations, regardless of everything, they shall all be taught of God. Not about God, of God. By the Lord, they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Now, let's move on a little bit further. This effectual call, John chapter 10, is a call to eternal salvation. It is a, it is a call to eternal life. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says, a very familiar passage. He says in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How, more, how much more definitive can you get? <laughs> my sheep hear my voice, 
I'm not trying to get my sheep to hear my voice. They shall hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice, period. And I know them, period. And they follow me, period. This is a call, an effectual call, of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and it will always be successful in accomplishing its purpose. It's an effectual call. This effectual call produces spiritual life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. You're made alive. This effectual call produces life. You hath he quickened. You were dead, now you're alive. What made the difference? The voice of the Son of God, the call of God, the blowing of the Spirit, however you want to describe it. The only difference was God. You were dead. Now you're alive in Christ. This call, this effectual call is, um, in fact, it's a command. Sometimes we, we talk about irresistible grace. You know, and, and I don't know if that's the best term or not. I don't know if it's the best phrase, irresistible grace. But for the life of me, I can't figure out why anybody would have a problem with grace being irresistible. <laughs> Thank God it's irresistible. Oh, why, why, would you, why would you want to resist grace? And why would you want to deny the fact that grace is irresistible? Thank God it's irresistible. Because if it wasn't, you would resist it, and so would I. None of us would ever respond, and the effectual call wouldn't be effectual. It'd just be an attempt. It would be an attempted call, not an effectual call. We'll talk about irresistible grace maybe another time. It is a command, though. This effectual call is a command, and it is compared to John chapter 11. It is compared to when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Do you remember that? You remember that? Jesus received word, although he already knew. His disciples brought word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Lazarus and the disciples, they tarried there for a little while longer. And, um, and then Jesus said, it's time. It's time to go. Uh, our friend Lazarus is asleep. Well, if he's asleep, he, he's doing fine. He's doing okay. What, what, why do we need to go now? Well, Jesus plainly told his disciples, no, Lazarus is dead. And so they make the journey over to where the family is. Uh, I think it was in Bethany. And, and they make their way over there, and Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, they're, they're wailing and crying, and they're, they're, they're in mourning. And, and, and all of the people around, they're, they're in mourning and they're weeping. And Jesus comes, this is a short version, Jesus comes to the grave of Lazarus. And he's, and he's grieved at the scene. And, and, and there's probably other reasons that Jesus might be groaning in the spirit at this point. But nevertheless, Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus. And he says to the people, some men standing there, I guess, maybe women too, I don't know, but probably in that day it was just the men, uh, that he called on to, to, to move the stone. He said, roll the stone away. What happened when he rolled the stone away? Nothing. Nothing. Except the stench of death came forth. The stench of death came forth and, and spread throughout that throng of people there. They knew. In fact, they were saying, don't, don't do that, Lord. He's been dead four days. He's stinking by now. And sure enough, that's what happened. That's the only thing that happened. When the stone was rolled away from the tomb of Lazarus, the stench of death was made known. 
Jesus stands outside the grave of Lazarus, the tomb of Lazarus, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Now what happens? Lazarus came forth. He came forth alive, still bound by grave clothes, but he came forth alive. The life-giving voice of the Son of God. That's the effectual call. And, if, and you've heard this before, but I'll say it again. And if, if Jesus had not specified Lazarus, then everyone in the graveyard would have come forth. Should have said amen. Everyone in the graveyard would have come forth if Jesus had not specifically said Lazarus. And he had the power to raise everybody from the grave, from that, from that graveyard, but he spoke to Lazarus. It was a personal call. It was an effectual call. It was the life-giving voice of the Son of God. And that's how he speaks life to the dead sinner. He calls you by name, he speaks life, and you are alive in Christ. You are now spiritually alive, and now you are in possession of eternal life, eternal salvation. The effectual call is a command. It's not a request. It is a command. The effectual call is a creation. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul describes, he tells us to first of all put on the new man. Okay, there is something for us to do after this effectual call takes place. It's the gospel call. We'll get to that in just a second. Paul says to put on the new man. He says, which, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This effectual call, it's a creation. The effectual call of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, it is a creation. It creates something that didn't exist before. Just as God spoke the worlds into existence, it's the same power, and in fact, it has to be the same power. There is no other power that can create except the power of Almighty God. And just as He spoke the worlds into creation back in Genesis 1 and 1, so He speaks to the dead sinner. He speaks to your dead heart. He spoke to my dead heart, and He said, Live! He created something that did not exist before created in righteousness and true holiness. The effectual call is a creation. The effectual call, let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Uh, you, I think you like this passage too. I've hit a bunch of passages you like, haven't I? I like them too. Galatians chapter 4, the effectual call, it's not only a creation, but the effectual call is a call to sonship. It's a command, it's a creation, but it is a, a call to sonship. Now remember, effectual, we've, we've given you a definition here, the effectual call, effectual means that it is successful in producing the intended results. The effectual call is a call to sonship. Galatians chapter 4, where it reads like this, verse 4, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. Christ came into the world. He came under the law. He came and He fulfilled the law. He was sent forth by God the Father to do something. He was sent forth for a purpose, and that purpose was to redeem them that were under the law, that's us, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Adoption. Again, there's a lot in this, but listen to what he says. And because ye are sons, sons by adoption, sons by adoption whereby the parent chooses those who the parent desires to choose. Because the parent has the sovereign right 
to choose, right? Is that, am, I, am, I, am I correct? The parent chooses those whom the parent adopts. Not the other way around. Christ came to redeem us, to purchase us, to buy us back, to pay the price, and he did so with his blood, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And now that you are sons by adoption, he says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Here's the effectual call. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. He didn't send forth the spirit of his son and say to the son, now when you get there, you're going to have to knock on the door until they let you in. He didn't say that. God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's the effectual call. And it always accomplishes its intended effect. It always accomplishes the result God desires. The effectual call is a call to sonship. All right, one more. The effectual call, it's, it's an internal call. This call, there's no interference. There's no static. There's no miscommunication. This effectual call is effective, and there's nothing that can stand in its way. Let's go back to John real quick. John chapter 5, the gospel according to John chapter 5, and we read this in verse 21. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. There's no interference here. There's nothing that can stop this effectual call. There's nothing that can prevent this effectual call. There's nothing that can change the outcome of this effectual call. Praise God. Praise the Lord. There's nothing that can interfere with it accomplishing its intended result, uh, effect, result, and there's nothing that can change the outcome. The, the Son quickeneth whom he will. And then if you jump on down to verse 25, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus says, The hour is coming, and now is. The hour is coming, and now is. Now is. Now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. This is a spiritual call. This is the effectual call. Always successful in accomplishing its result. It is guaranteed, in fact. It is guaranteed. The result is guaranteed in the effectual call. Now let's talk about the gospel call. Whereas God speaks directly in the effectual call, in the gospel call, the Spirit moves men. I cannot say that God is speaking through me. When I, when I hear something like that, that makes me think of, uh, of these writers who were inspired to pin down His Word and to do so perfectly. Okay, But in the gospel call, the Spirit does move men. You remember what Paul said to the elders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20? And I think this is a, 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 good, a good illustration of this. Paul, he gathered the ministry at Ephesus. He spoke to the elders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20. He's about to leave that place. And he says to them, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers 
to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The Holy Spirit moves in the lives of men. He moves in the lives of women. He moves in all of our lives. What we're talking about here, though, is the Holy Spirit moving in the life of those whom God has called to the ministry, moving in their lives, prompting them. There's an unction within them. There's an unction within all of us as children of God. There's an unction. There's a pull. There's a draw. There's a principle. There's a teaching. There's a movement okay, of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and here he says to the elders at Ephesus, the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. And so it's an entirely, completely logical conclusion that if the Holy Ghost has made the ministry the overseers of a flock or the flocks, then the Holy Ghost will equip and move in the life of that minister so that he can do, as Paul says, to feed the church of God, to feed the flock. Okay? That's a completely, entirely, in fact, uh, we won't get into all this. In Ephesians chapter 4, that's part of the gift of the ministry. The gift of the ministry. Remember the prophets, the apostles, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers? And you can read that entire passage there in Ephesians chapter 4, and we can come to this conclusion very easily, that the Spirit moves, whereas the effectual call, God speaks directly to you. In the gospel call, the Spirit moves so that His Word is proclaimed to His children. Now, it doesn't always have the intended effect. Trust me. <laughs> we all know that. It always, doesn't always have the desired result. This is a gospel call that involves man, imperfect human beings. Whereas the effectual call is a call to eternal salvation, the gospel call is a call to repentance and faith. Faith in the sense of believing. Exercising, maybe we should put it that way, repentance and belief. And we see that expressed in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when Peter calls on those who were pricked in their heart. Why were those individuals pricked in their heart on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2? Why were they pricked in the heart? Because they had a, a heart that was, had been made alive. Sometime before that moment, I don't know how far back, I don't know when, maybe just before, maybe years before, Maybe in their mother's womb. I don't know. It doesn't matter so much. But when they were pricked in the heart, they knew they were guilty. They, were, they felt conviction. They heard the proclamation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and it affected them. The message affected their hearts, and they want to know what to do. And Peter told them what to do, and then he, he, tell, he tells them to repent. Repent, and then he tells them to be baptized. And then he tells them that there's a there's a promise of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, an experience of the Holy Ghost like you've never experienced before, and the only way to experience it is in faithful obedience to the gospel call. And then he goes on to tell them to save yourselves from this untoward generation. There's the gospel call. The calling out as the Spirit moves amongst the ministry and, and, and in the midst of His church and among His people, among the Lord's people, this gospel call goes out and it calls on you and I to repent, calls on me to, to believe, calls on us, calls on all of us to walk in faithful obedience, and, but it doesn't always have 
the intended effect, doesn't it? It's the gospel call. Whereas the effectual call produces spiritual life, the gospel call provides light. Back over there where we began, 2 Timothy chapter 1. God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest. By the, first of all, by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought what? Life and immortality to light through the gospel. The gospel call, it brings these things to light. The effectual call produces life. The gospel call provides light. Okay, are we seeing the distinction between the two? All right, let's move on a little bit further. Whereas the effectual call is a commandment, is a commandment as we, as we, show, as we saw there uh, illustrated by Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It is a commandment from, from death to life. The, the gospel call, it's directed at the living, not the dead. Jesus can speak to the dead. Jesus can reach the dead. And Jesus can make the dead come alive. Praise God. But the gospel call can't do that. It's not intended to do that. The gospel call is intended to provide light and it calls us to discipleship. Whereas the effectual call calls us to sonship, the gospel call calls us to discipleship. And there's a difference. Sonship, a relationship established by God the Father himself, whereby you are made his child. Whereas the gospel call is directed not to those who are dead because they can't hear. They don't have ears to hear. They don't have a heart to feel. They don't have eyes to see. The gospel call is directed to the living, and it is a call to discipleship. A uh, good example of that, let's go back to John again real quick. Uh, John chapter 5, Jesus says this in verse 24. He says, Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. So if you hear his word, if you believe on the Father who sent Christ, it's the evidence that you have life. And so that word going out that tells you about Christ, it is directed at you who are alive spiritually, spiritually alive. It's evidence that you have everlasting life. And so, for the one who does not have spiritual life, it doesn't mean anything. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Now, the promise that also is revealed through the gospel call is, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The gospel call tells us about what the effectual call has done. The effectual call is a command, it's a call to sonship, but the gospel call is a communication, and it calls us to discipleship, as Jesus would say in, say in John chapter 8, he said this to those Jews who believed on him, listen carefully, Jesus says to the Jews who believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. It's a call to discipleship. 
It doesn't always have its intended effect. It's not always successful, whereas the effectual call is 100% completely effective every time without exception. The gospel call often falls short of its desired effect, desired result. Now, I wish it weren't that way. It's been that way with me. It's been that way with you. It's something we'll continue to battle throughout our lives. But the intended effect is that we would continue in the Word of God and be His disciples, and then ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The intended, one of the intended effects of the gospel is freedom, friends, liberty. But you have to believe. We have to believe. We have to act upon the gospel call. In the effectual call, God acts upon you. The gospel call, we must act upon what we hear. It is something you hear. Now, certainly, it's a spiritual thing still. Don't get me wrong. It is a spiritual message. The gospel is a spiritual message. And it requires spiritual ears and eyes and a spiritual heart to, to receive it. But it is something that is audible. It is something that is proclaimed. In the effectual call, they shall all be taught of God. In the gospel call, the gospel call is not going to reach every single person who has ever been born of the Spirit of God. It's not going to. How many? I have no idea. It needs to reach more than it has. Amen? It will never reach that little babe that never came out of the, out of the mother's womb. The gospel call will never be understood in the mind of those who do not have the mental capacity to understand. Oh, it'll be in the heart. There'll be a witness in the heart. Amen? It'll always be there. Regardless of what's in the mind, the witness will be in the heart. The gospel call is something that is heard, that is audible, that is proclaimed from one, from a, from a man to another. It is something that is witnessed from one person to another. That's the gospel call. It calls on us to repent, much like what Jesus said to all the seven churches of Asia, pretty much, except for maybe one, to, to repent. In fact, he told, the one, he told the church at Laodicea, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. The, the gospel call is intended to, to call us to repentance and to chasten us. Now, God does that directly, as you well know, but oftentimes it comes through the conviction of the preaching of his word. It's still something uh, of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's, let's kind of wrap this up and see, see what we have. The effectual call, God speaks directly. The gospel call, the Spirit of God moves men to proclaim it. The effectual call, always successful. The gospel call, not always successful. The effectual call is a call to eternal life. The gospel call is a call to repentance and faith and belief. The effectual call is a creation. The gospel call is a communication. The effectual call, to call to sonship. The gospel call is a call to discipleship. Let's wrap this up with a passage from the book of Colossians, chapter 1. A couple of other quick points. The effectual call always precedes the result that you see of the gospel call. 
Life always precedes action. The effect of the effectual call, the result of the effectual call always comes before the result of the gospel call. The gospel call, the, the result, if the gospel call is successful, it always demonstrates that the effectual call has already taken place. Life always precedes action in every realm. However many realms there are, life always precedes action. Colossians chapter 1, Paul writes this, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Paul has heard of the faith of these people there at Colossae. He has heard, he says, And of the love which ye have to all the saints, and for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Paul has heard about their faith, their love, and their hope. All evidences of spiritual life. Paul has heard of all of that. And he says, Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. How much do you know about this thing called faith without the gospel? How much do you know of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven without the gospel? Faith, hope, and love reside within and begin to take up residence in the heart of an individual as soon as the effectual call is made. And it's 100% successful every time. But how much of that do you know? How much of that do you understand without the gospel? Pretty limited. And he says, Where have ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit? We can put it this way, the fruit of the effectual call is life. The fruit of the gospel call is a number of things. It's belief and repentance and, 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 and a, bright, a brightened hope, a strengthened faith. It's conviction. The fruit of the, of the gospel call is, is many things. Since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. I trust that you have heard the grace of God in truth this morning. The grace of God that brings life to one who is dead in sin, but then the grace of God that is proclaimed by the gospel. And there's no other gospel than that which is founded on the sovereign grace of Almighty God. I hope some of these things have been helpful to you, been some benefit to you, and if they have, then, then thank God for it. Thank you again for listening. Rocky Mount Church is a primitive Baptist congregation located near Arab, Alabama. We invite you to look us up on the web at rockymountpbc.org. That's rockymountpbc.org. You'll find various resources there on our website, as well as additional links to other primitive Baptist sites. You'll find contact information there, and we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you again for listening. We look forward to the next opportunity we can spend some time together. May the Lord bless you is our prayer. Amen.